right, well, once again, welcome everyone to Christ Central Church, and happy first day of spring. <laughs> For those joining online, welcome. Uh, the people here in person had to get through snow and freezing rain and everything else, so that was our joke on that one. All right, well, we're going to continue our formation series, The Way of Jesus, and we've been looking at um, how Jesus is the way to know God through his life, death, resurrection, everything we've just been singing about in our worship time, that Jesus is the way, that in our everyday life we follow Jesus. And some of us were at different points. Some are just starting out. Some are inquiring about following Jesus. Some of us have been following Jesus for a long time. And that we see that Jesus is our model for our everyday life. And so we've been working with this um, definition of spiritual formation, and I think it's going to be up here. Thank you. And it's this, it's the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. And that's what we realize that as we become followers of Jesus, God has a purpose and a plan for our life that we are to be molded and shaped to be more like Jesus. And that's a process. It takes a whole, our whole lives. And that we see that we're learning to be intentional to help that, to be, play our part in that process as God is at work in us. And we've been realizing that we need some help in that, that it doesn't just kind of happen and sometimes we think, you know, organically things will happen. Well, kind of yes, and kind of we need some help as well. And so we've been using this trellis as kind of our visual aid um, to help us to see that we've been talking about this framework of life. And just as a plant has sun and water, and that's the things we've been talking about, but it also has a framework to grow. And if you can think of a plant or a vineyard growing up through this framework and how this framework provides support and facilitates health and life, and all those different things. That's what we've been talking about as our framework of life. And we've been, the last several months, just developing that. And we've been seeing that we have a foundation. And so that foundation of that framework, even though the rest of the framework might look different, because some of us are at different stages of life, and single, married, and kids, and different aspects, those parts get flushed out differently. But the foundation's the same. And we've been looking at the Word of God. We feed on the Word of God, how it's life we're talking about prayer, how we communicate with God, we hear from God, we listen to God. We've been talking about how we need to have some time to rest and to take a time out at, out of our crazy busy lives and reset and get refocused on God. We've been talking about how we need the Holy Spirit. We have a helper provided. We're not just on our own and following Jesus. We've been given God's Spirit lives within us as followers of Jesus. Those are the foundational things that we've been looking at and developing and growing. And then out of those foundations, we see how that affects every aspect of our lives. And so we've been looking at these friendships and relationships. And so Ollie talked about how developing friendships in church life and just in everyday life, how important that is, how our sexuality, our identity, how we use our body, what we do with our minds, how we honor one another by honoring Jesus in relationships, how that impacts us. And we've just spent the last few weeks on that. And this morning, we're going to take a look at family life that those closest around us, and so I've got a picture of my family, that's our cue for today, that was taken in minus 20 weather, so I don't know if you can see that or not, but it was very chilly, but we made it through, and we see that no matter whether you're single, whether you're a child, whether you're a parent, a spouse, grandparents, roommates, those who are closest around us, actually God uses to form and shape us. And as we open up God's Word, this is the sort of launch pad we've been using from Romans chapter 12 and how Paul's been writing to the church in Rome about how, what it is to be a follower and how the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus coming again affects our everyday life. And this is what we pick up in Romans 1 and 2. 
We've been using this. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, it's so key. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And if we skip down a few verses, we pick up this in verse 9. And this is the context of community, family, church family that we're following. Paul writes, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And I just want to use those verses as a bit of a guideline just to share some things as we develop this framework in our lives. And this is the context, and this is where it kind of really hits real life, is that those who are around us, and again, it depends on your context, but if you have roommates, if you're in family, or you're a kid with your parents, siblings, spouse, folks, this is the real life, real action that when you wake up in the morning, and you got crud in your eye, and you're bad breath, and you're not in a good mood, and you haven't had your coffee yet, and you know what? That's, you're working at Green Hill Lake Camp, and you're with your cabin mates and everything, and all that. Folks, God uses all of that, and sometimes especially that, to mold and to shape us. And Ken Shigematsu, we've been using, he's a pastor in Vancouver, and we've been using his book, God in My Everything, sort of as a guideline. He says this, and this is a great quote, says, with all their joys and frustrations, families are the ideal place for faith to grow. When the heat gets turned up, and he says this, in the furnace of our household, we experience these challenges with our parents, siblings, a spouse, our children, or our roommates. A part of us wants to run away. But we can, but when we run from our family, we avoid one of the most effective ways God uses to shape and refine our character. And obviously, we're not talking about abusive relationships and that. We're just talking normal family life. Of course, as we've talked many times before, we need help to get out of some of those situations. But in normal family life or with your roommates, that's the crucible. That's the furnace that God uses to mold and shape and form us. And God places us in our physical families. God places us in a church family why? To be in relationship with God, but to be in relationship with one another. That God wants to use family, housemates, roommates, as a community, both for us to experience joy, but also, as he's saying, that furnace where we shrink our selfishness, it draws us closer to Jesus, and we help to learn to love and to serve one another. And of course, it models Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, relational, community, love, roles, joy, service, unity, and mission together. So again, please hear me. I'm sharing some principles. I'm going to give you some examples, but I'm not being prescriptive. A lot of examples, I'm just sharing from our own life because that, that's all I can share. But I think you'll get the principles that even if you're single, you're on your own, you can find some ways to develop in this area of family, household, life. And I'm trusting as I just share five or six things this morning, maybe one or two might stand out to you that you can put into practice, that you can apply to your life. So here we go. 
And this might be a starting point or a restart for you and for your family. First one is this, uniting for rest and worship. So we've done a whole thing on rest, Sabbath. We've done a whole thing on that, but we're just saying it again, that sometimes we need to stop and just think and make some changes that one of the most obvious routines, rhythms, patterns we can say to develop in our weekly rest is this. This includes participating in a local church. Might be stating the obvious, but we're going to state it again. And that can be in large group, kind of like what we're doing today. It can be in small group, like our life group. It can be two or three together. There's all kinds of different contexts, but somehow being connected together. Worship and community honors God, and God is a worshiping community. Father, Son, Spirit. So we're reflecting God's design for us as families when we worship and meet together. And folks, it's not foolproof, and we have examples in our own church. People drift off, all kinds of different things, struggles, painful, we grieve, everything. But folks, there's a lot of statistics and a lot of data and a lot of research that goes to say this. Even when it's not foolproof, studies demonstrate that children who participate in church life significantly lower drug, alcohol abuse, depression, suicide, all across the board. From secular research, it states it quite convincingly. Participating together, experiencing God and community together in worship and in sharing, just as we heard this morning in our first meeting, Bob was sharing and just shared about how going through a rough thing, but praying and how the community of believers have gathered together. God's answered those prayers. He was heartfelt, grateful. That is part of being family together, participating together. It helps keeps us closer to God and one another. But sometimes we have to be intentional. Sometimes we have to be creative and how we fit that into our schedules and different things. Sometimes we just have to realize that we got to say no to some other things, that this is like goes up on the priority list. That maybe sometimes sports and recreation and work and other distractions. And of course, there's exceptions. I know some of you working, some of you online can't be here. There's no guilt or shame or anything like that. But I think you understand we're just making this to say this is a priority in my life and in our family. Because what have we been saying these last few months in all of these different things in the framework of life? If we don't intentionally set the priorities in life, guess what happens? Life will set the priorities for us. If we're not intentional, life just gets busy and it just steamrolls over us. So we have to be intentional. We have to say, what do we value? And we're saying one of the most important things is we value being with our church family and community together. Again, large group, small group, even smaller groups. That can look a bunch of different ways, but somehow we're connected. That was number one. Number two is just, just protecting our time together as a family. And folks, whew, this is a big one, especially, I think, in our day and age. It's a real struggle, and sometimes just to physically be in the same room together. Now, hear me. I love technology, and the last two years with COVID, it's been so good. We're using it this morning. We can video chat. We can FaceTime. We can do all these different things. Wonderful. Hallelujah. It's all good. But there's nothing like being together face-to-face in the same place at the same time, whether that's family and as a church family. And it's easier said than done, absolutely. Folks, Angela and I, we got jobs, four kids, schedule, sports, overtime. Like, we, we get it, all right? We get it. So we have to be intentional, but we value presence. We value being in the same place 
at the same time. So we have to be planning, we have to be creative, we have to put some boundaries in work life, we have to put boundaries on screen time, we have to be, and we gotta have our schedules aligned to avoid sometimes frustrations, but also to carve out some time to be together for our marriage and for our family and for our church family. Because our presence is important. And whoever you are, there are some things how, where God's put you in life. Only you can be you in those situations. So only I can be a husband to Angela. Only I can be a father to my kids. No one else can do that, so I've got to carve out time for that. A lot of other people can do a lot of other things. Those are priorities. So whether you're a parent, a son or a daughter, a brother, a sister, a roommate, what people need most from you, guess what, is you <laughs> and your presence. So sometimes we need to stop, we need to reevaluate our priorities. We've got to maybe look at our time commitments. And folks, at every stage of life, things change, and that's why we've got to always come back to this. So when I was single, guess what? My framework of life looked a whole lot different from when I got married. And when I was married with no kids, our framework of life looked a whole lot different than having one child, and then two, and then we're outnumbered at three, and then four. And folks, I'll tell you, when I got married and I tried to still live as if I was single, not good. And when you have kids and you try to live as when you were married with no kids, not good. You gotta make changes, you gotta reevaluate. And when our kids all went to bed at 7.30 at night, we had a whole different framework of life. Now when I say to Noah, Noah, make sure the lights are off when you go to bed, we gotta change again. So in this framework of life, it takes a lot of coming back and saying, okay, this used to work, this doesn't work now, what can I do differently? So I, sometimes there's some big changes, but here's some little changes, and these sometimes little ones are harder than the big ones. So what about this? Maybe you say, you know what, we're not going to have any screens at our mealtime. That might sound like, but for some, that's a huge thing, because you can be present with someone and not really present. So there might be some little changes, and it's hard to do. It is. And that's why we need some intentionality. We need some framework just to get, kind of give us some anchors and some structure to say, no, I'm going to follow these guidelines because it's going to help me with God and with one another. And we want to be reminded to pursue the things that we truly value. So we have to look at things like having times of rest, vacation, meals, worship, all those different things to make a priority. And folks, please hear me. It's not a heavy. I'm trying to give you some tools to actually take the heaviness and the burden of a busy life or a lonely life and give you some infrastructure to help as we follow Jesus. Number three, practicing hospitality. Roman, Paul said that in Romans, practice hospitality. And this is, this is probably just my weird how I'm wired Joe Crummy thing, but here's the thing I always notice about hospitality. It's this, the word hospital is in hospitality. And it helps me, because what do I think of a hospital? I think of this, care, concern, creating space for healing, wellness, and wholeness. So we were talking about hospitality. Folks, it's just welcoming people into your sphere of life. And that can look a hundred different ways. That's why I don't want to be too prescriptive. That could be having a coffee with someone, opening up your home or your apartment. I know COVID in the last two years has really hampered that, but hopefully you get, again, the principle of it. 
Folks, you have to realize, whenever you welcome, whether it's taking someone out for coffee, in your backyard for a barbecue, whatever it might look like, the Bible says this, when you welcome people, who are you welcoming? It's as if you're welcoming Jesus. That's the power of hospitality. It's like a hospital. It's creating space for healing and wholeness. And I was very blessed growing up. My parents were very hospitable. So we had a lot of family over. We had a lot of strangers, like people we didn't know over. We had a lot of people in our community. We had a lot of people who came to our church from around the world. And my parents modeled, and I was blessed by it. In our household, now be honest, you guys all know this. It really helps having Angela be married to her because she's very hospitable. But it's being open for people for meals, for coffee, order takeout, have people over. Even if you're introverted, do it at least a little. Some of us extroverted, it's a bit easier. But because folks, here's the thing. You get to learn from others when you have people over. You get to hear their stories. You get to share. You learn. You bond. You love. You connect. And there's a bit of a cost to it. Cost some food, cost some money, and some time. But folks, the payoff's incredible. We've had people from all around the world in our home, and you get to learn different languages and cultures and food. It opens up your kids to be able to talk to different people. We had our life group over two weeks ago for the first time in like two years. I picked on Jarrett in the first meeting, my third kid, because he was here in the first one. And here's Jarrett. So we had Jack and Charlotte over five and three, and Jarrett maybe wouldn't normally hang out with kids that age, but guess what? They're in our home, so guess what? Jack was like latched on to Jarrett. What are we doing next? And Jarrett bless them for two hours with playing with toys and everything, and I'm just like, they've got a bond. They've got a connection. Folks, it's simple things, but it goes such a long way. Briefly, just a couple more things. Again, principles, you work them out in your thing. Praying with and for one another. Poof. If we could just do this one, it'd be huge. Praying for and with one another. Folks, again, just start small. We can all give thanks for something. We can all be thankful. We can share our needs. We can share prayers, answer. We can speak a blessing. We can pray at bedtime. We can pray when you get up in the morning. We can pray at meals. There's all kinds of different ways to do it, but we want to develop some rhythms and patterns of prayer so that God, we're aware of God in our lives. And again, that can look a whole bunch of different ways. So for us, number four, number five, we put together. That's praying and studying God's Word we don't do it every day. We're not always even all together, but we try. And what we did is we made it around dessert. So if you can think chocolate and God put together, that's a good thing, right? So we always tried to do dessert and our time with God. And our kids, what are we thankful for? What are, what are we concerned about? What are we praying for? What are some answers to prayer? Which goes into the fifth one, study and reading together, learning as a family, even when they don't want to. Folks, we've said this many times. On average, people are five to seven hours a day surfing the web. Five to seven hours a day. Social media, everything. So folks, and we can use that for good. I've got the Bible on my phone. I can listen to podcasts. Like, there's a lot of good. Again, I'm not saying, but sometimes we've got to be intentional just to say, hey, we've got to do some things and be creative in opening God's Word, 
So we've done trivia cards, we've done questions as starters, we've done things leading up to Christmas and Easter and other things. We've read stories like Hudson Taylor. We, one summer when we drove to Toronto, we listened to Chronicles of Narnia on, in the van the whole way there and the whole way back, like just trying to do all kinds of different things as a time to be about God's Word, learning about church, all of those different things. You've got to figure out your context, but the principles are the same for all of us. And the last one's this, it's just working and serving together. So a lot of times, maybe in previous generations, this was a bit more natural. People worked together on a farm and all those different things. Not so much today. We're in a hundred different directions. But we can do some simple things together, even doing chores together, working on a puzzle, family nights, vacations, serving together in the church, serving together in community, different things. There are all kinds of ways. But doing something together can be a really bonding thing. And folks, in all of these things, and I'll just close with this, what we've been saying in this whole formation series is, and Paul talks about not being conformed to the pattern of this world, all our advertising, the culture we live in, drives home one way or another, something like this. Our goal in life is to be happy. In some ways, that's not, you know, that's not a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a God thing. And Jesus says this, if you want to gain life, this is what you do. You actually lay down your life. You lose it. You follow Jesus. You're satisfied in Him. And as you give away your life, you actually receive life. Folks, that's a whole different value system than the world says. And so what we're trying to do here is we're saying we're trying to develop patterns and practices in our lives that are going to honor God and serve one another. And in doing that, we believe we're going to find life in Jesus. So we're saying that our framework of life, we're asking the Holy Spirit, God, would you help me to help order my life by your Holy Spirit? Because it's going to look different for all of us so that I experience Jesus' presence every day in the whole, I'm aware of Jesus in every aspect of my life, at work, at home, and play, that Jesus' character is developing in me, that the fruit of God's Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, His self-control is developing and growing in me in order that I might, for the sake of others, bring the life of Jesus everywhere I go. That's what we're going for. And we're saying in this framework of life, it's best lived out in community and in family. It's those who are around us the most. Because folks, we can fake a lot of things for people out there. You're not going to fake it with those who you're living with every day. Your family, your roommates, they see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And God wants to use that, all of that, to mold and shape and form us to be more like Jesus. And we want to develop a framework that draws us individually, but also our family and our church family closer to Jesus, helps us more fully embody Christ's love for others. And folks, that is the greatest gift we can do for our kids, for our family, for those around us. So in closing, here's just some questions you can think about this week. And so we'll put them on the live stream. You might want to take a photo um, as we go through these. But these are just some things you can discuss and wrestle through in your life group. And as we said each week, the worship team can come. 
all of these messages, and it's great to get feedback. I do. I appreciate your feedback. But somehow, these messages have to lead to action. They have to lead to some changes in our lives. And here's some things we can wrestle through this week. How is a family or household like a furnace? <laughs> Woof. Two, what has been the most challenging part of family life for you? And then kind of the flip question, what has been the greatest gift you've experienced in a family or a community? And folks, we know some of us have had tough family things, so there's, I understand this is a challenge for us. Three, what part of the framework, maybe that's worshiping together, studying, prayer, whatever it might be, might be best, might be most beneficial for your household right now? And four, what would it look like to pursue that activity together? So let me pray. So why don't you stand if you're able, and for those online, just want to pray and ask for God's help. Then we're going to sing and we're going to speak a blessing over one another as we close and worship. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you created us for relationship, relationship with you through your son Jesus. You place us in a family. You place us in a church family. And God, we just say we need your help, Lord. Oh, my soul, Lord, I'm so selfish most of the time. God, I need you, Lord. I need your spirit. I need your word, Lord. I need, as you develop these things in our lives, God, these frameworks, Lord, that help us. God, we say we need you. So, Lord, I pray for my friends here online, in person. God, help us this week. Lord, Holy Spirit, lead us. Show us, reveal, change our hearts, Lord, so we can line up to be more in line with you, we pray, Lord, for your glory, our good, and the good of those around us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.